Coming up on today's WAC podcast, we have Brian Smith, analyst for UTRGV. We're talking about how he got involved in sports broadcasting, both the men's and women's hoops teams, and how their season is going thus far, plus how many vests Brian has in his closet. It is a frightening number of vests that uh, Brian has in his closet. That's all ahead on the WAC podcast. Today's episode of the WAC podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. Welcome to the WAC podcast. I'm Eric Danner in the WAC office in Denver. Rachel Vigil is at her home in Denver, uh, still practicing the, the social distancing here. And we're now joined by Brian Smith. The vested one from UTRGV. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Now, Brian, in this instance, we're, we're interviewing you as, a, uh, as an analyst for UTRGV, but uh, we also know that you wear many different hats down there in the Valley. Kind of tell us about what you do and how, how you got involved in broadcasting. I got a collection of hats, so to speak. No, I, I work with athletics um, analysis for most of the live events, women, women's basketball, soccer, volleyball, baseball. But aside from the athletic stuff, which is probably the most fun thing I've ever done in my life, um, I work as a staff member in the College of Liberal Arts, handling some of those fun administrative duties that come with running an institution. And I teach, so I'm a lecturer in the Department of Communication, Public Speaking, Communication Theory. It's a lot of fun. Keeps me diversified, which is always a nice thing. But I've been hanging around athletics for about 14 years now, I guess. Started out as a fresh-faced young undergrad just hanging around athletics, doing anything I could to, to be a part of all the fun that was that. And the funny thing is, is I met UTRGV's um, play-by-play guy, Jonah Goldberg, kind of by accident. Uh, when he first came into UTRGV, I was pretty active on Twitter at the time. So I was tweeting all about what was going on at the games. And then I started writing my own little kind of pieces, stories, posting those, wrote for the local paper for a while. And then at one point, Jonah was like, hey, I'm by myself on these broadcasts. Why don't we bring somebody else in so I'm not the only one talking? So I got the wonderful opportunity about seven years ago to start doing some broadcasting with Jonah. And the rest is history, a long broadcasting relationship. You've been in the industry for quite a while. What do you think is the biggest change that you've noticed from when you first started to where you are now? I think the scariest part for me, change, scary, tie it all together is just how fast-paced everything is. The, the end user at home that's watching the game has access to stats as quick, if not quicker, than you do sometimes. And they can see what's happening, and they've got emotions and feelings that may or may not agree with you. In fact, I at one point had to learn that when the game's going on, I've got to put my phone away. <laughs> don't open up Twitter. Don't open up Instagram. Don't look at what's going on, because the, the fans at home, they are way more informed and way more active than they ever were. And it's a great thing, but it can be a huge distraction. Well, Brian, we were talking a little bit before we started recording here. You also did some uh, freelance writing. And again, that's changed tremendously over the last 15 years. Oh, it's, it's been a huge change. I remember when I first started doing a little bit of freelance writing, you would go out and you may be the only person that did anything on that game, especially if it was a high school game or a low mark, low, uh, low major, low market college game, you may be the only person that was there that wrote a story on it. Now there's a, about a hundred gumshoes out there that are out at these games and they're writing and they're talking and they're telling stories. And it's, it's a fun way if you're interested in sports marketing, advertising, sports information to get your feet wet, get in that freelance market and get some use for it. 
but in, in the big picture, it's, it's, it's cutthroat, it's fun, you gotta get after it, it'll make you better as a journalist, it'll make you better as a broadcaster, just to get your feet wet, get involved with it, and, and find a way to connect yourself to that sport. Now, what's your favorite sport to be on call for? Oh, that's a tough one. I grew up a huge baseball fan, so baseball is close to my heart, but I think women's basketball has been something I've really kind of grown into liking. The fundamentals of women's basketball is a lot of fun. Um, schematic seems to always be talent in women's basketball. So it's a lot of fun to sit and watch, see things developing in front of you and, and see how those high-end coaches just really do a nice job of putting a scheme together that makes their team successful. Well, women's basketball, you'll be back on the call this week with Jonah Goldberg uh, as UTRGV hosts uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, one of your top rivals there this past week. Of course, our first week of basketball, and Rachel and I were uh, giving virtual high fives uh, during the past week. But the UTRGV women, let's start with them since, uh, since you just mentioned them. Uh, the, the Vaqueros uh, go on the road to Texas Tech, and a, kind of a tough, tough game, tough game to start with, but uh, I, I'm sure a, a learning process for Coach Lane Lord, and they were able to bounce back and on Monday uh, defeat UTSA. So uh, much like the men, tough opener, and then uh, had a win uh, in their second game. So got to be feeling pretty good at this point right now. I think it's a great way to open up what's an interesting season around college athletics because there's a lot of, of thought what's going to happen with COVID-19. When can we practice? How can we practice? Can we keep everybody healthy? And I thought that Texas Tech game was interesting because the girls, they hemmed tight early on. First quarter got away from them late, but you got to see a lot of those fresh faces, some freshmen getting some real big playing time in that Texas Tech game. But uh, I think what really stood out was seeing the way Coach Lord adjusted to some changes in rhythm and flow. You got those new faces in. Where do they fit in the schematic? I did a really nice job, and much like we'll talk about later with the men, but point guard play is crucial in college basketball right now. And you saw that with, uh, with Amara Graham in that Texas Tech game. They really did a nice job uh, front-facing her and locking her down. And as she didn't get in the flow, you charge these offense didn't get in the flow. But, uh, you know, in the middle, Eva Blosevich, 8.6 rebounds. Nice job of getting in there and getting aggressive against a very, very large Texas Tech team. Um, Haley Jones, really accurate from the floor. That's what you come to expect here at UTRGV from Haley Jones. She is a shooter. You saw that against Texas Tech. But as you said, Eric, bouncing back there against uh, UTSA, what a bounce back. Amara Graham, <laughs> 26 points, six rebounds, two assists. And that stat line doesn't even really do justice to what you see from her because she is a ball distributor. And she gets her teammates invited and active. And it was a really nice thing to watch in Belosevich, 10 rebounds. I mean, what more could you expect from a player in the middle just going in there, doing the dirty work that makes your team successful, 10 rebounds. So I think what you saw against UTSA is what you would expect to see from a Lane Lord coach team. Good, solid point guard play, nice distribution, even scoring and allowing somebody to step up big in the middle and keep that rebounding advantage in the face. You mentioned some of the new faces on that team. Who has impressed you so far the most? You know, I could go a hundred different places with this, but I think what really jumps out to me is seeing what's happening in the absence of Sarah Brochures early on. So they rolled Brona Sanchez in. She's gotten some really good minutes. Uh, the freshman playing some, some huge minutes. Belosevic, who played quite a bit last year, don't get me wrong, but stepping into that, premier kind of four or five position and getting the bulk of the minutes has been really interesting. 
Um, and this is a much bigger UCharge-V team than I think we've seen in a long time. There's some real height. There's some length on this team. And that's going to give a lot of teams some trouble if they continue to attack the boards. We're talking with Brian Smith. He is a analyst for UTRGV basketball. And, and Brian, early on here, we, we've seen uh, Seattle U already has played four games on the men's side. Uh, Dixie State has yet to play a game uh, because of uh, COVID concerns in uh, various games. And I guess the, the good news being at UTRGV this year, being in the state of Texas, it seems a lot of non-conference games are being played in state, regardless of what state you're in. And uh, the good news is you're in Texas and there's a lot of possibilities for games this year. Yeah, it's like a whole other country, as they say. Texas is a gigantic state. But on top of that, I think the location of UTRGV down on the southern tip puts us in a really nice spot. So we're kind of isolated from a lot of the larger metropolitan areas. So it's easy to keep the players healthy, keep them isolated. And then when you look at games, I mean, just from where we're sitting, there's four or five pretty good programs within a two or three hour drive, which is really nice to be able to, to have those teams close where you can get to them and you can do some scrimmages and you can play. Uh, nothing but positive things to think about with the basketball atmosphere here in Texas. The men's team will take on Texas A&M on Sunday, a tough matchup there. Eric kind of talked about, a little bit about the men's team. What do the Vaqueros need to do to be able to get a win at Texas A&M? Well, if you ask Coach Hill, he would tell you attack with discipline, AWD. That is his game. But I think what's interesting about this team, uh, much like with the women's team, it all goes through that point guard, Javon Levi. And he is an absolute beast defensively for what he doesn't have in high key makes up for in complete grit. And I think that's a big part against um, Texas A&M. You're going to need to see players like Javon Levi just continue to be a defensive nap and just bug people until they cough the ball up. Um, and if you look back historically under Coach Hill here at UTRGV, when they can turn people over, they can be competitive, and they can be really scary. And it's a UTRGV team that is shooting really well when they're getting turnovers. You think back to um, their game against UTSA, 43% from the floor, which is a pretty good margin for this team, given the, the quality and the quantity of shots they take. They will turn you over. They'll run up and down the floor. They'll wear you out. They're going to get a lot of shots, and if they can make a lot of shots, they can be scary. Yeah, those first two games for the men's team, playing at Texas to open up, number 19 in the country. That was on the Longhorn Network, and Rachel and I talked a little bit about it on our podcast on Monday. Texas, uh, they look really good. I didn't realize until I was looking at Twitter yesterday, Shaka Smart has hair now. I know, so right? So maybe that's, that, that's the difference with the uh, Longhorns this year, but – they look like a team that could make a potentially even a final four run. So to fall behind early, uh, UTRGV really put themselves in a tough spot there, but then able to bounce back against UTSA, that's the good news. So uh, we've seen two versions of the Vaqueros, it looks like, so far this year. Yeah, I think that the game at Texas was a good gut check. And you need one of those early in the season. Go up against somebody that was going to gut check you and check you hard. I mean, you look into it, that first quarter had really started, UT was up 24 to 7. So to be able to settle your team down to say, okay, that didn't go how we wanted it to, but here's what we have to do. We have to execute, we have to attack, and we have to be disciplined. I mean, that, that's crucial to any team, but especially a Lou Hill coach team because they don't have any let up on that team. They're full of fight, and you saw it. I mean, though they didn't shoot well, particularly, they had, what, 17 turnovers against Texas, a really good team that controls the ball, and they turned them over. So I think that's a really positive sign for UTRGV going forward. Turn teams over, attack, stay with it, stay in system, 
and he'll be fine. And in that UTSA game, Javon Levi, back to being Javon Levi, 12.4 rebounds, four steals, got his team set up. And now take a look at Big Sean Ray, not the tallest guy in the middle at 6'8", but he was a force to be reckoned with, 20 points. And a lot of that gives some credit to the guards, feeding him in good spots, giving him some good open looks to get to the glass, but just some heart and some grit to get in there and to be aggressive and to get your points. Now, it seems like you can't go an entire conversation without bringing up COVID at all. So what are the COVID protocols looking like down in UTRGV in Edinburgh? Careful, careful, careful. Um, there's testing, testing, testing going on. They're even testing us as a broadcast crew. We get tested weekly um, to see if we've been exposed or if we've got any symptoms. Uh, clean tests have been the protocol. I think the team itself is being tested two or three times a week to ensure everybody's clear. Um, the first game with uh, UTSA, there was nobody in the stand. It was just the broadcast crew and game day staff along with the teams. Uh, the game cut up this week over at Bird Ogden outside arena there's going to be some fans in attendance but it's going to be very sparsely populated to ensure you've got the proper social distancing everyone's masking up that's been the fun discussion for jonah and i how do you broadcast with a mask on and a face shield what's that going to sound like well we'll find out yeah i think you could tell that uh, that jonah did have the the uh, mask on during the the games uh, before uh but he still manages to get his point across, uh, especially on those exciting plays. So it'll be uh, fun to watch you guys. So that's Wednesday, correct, Brian? That uh, there's going to be a doubleheader uh, with UTRGV and Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and maybe not everybody realized what a uh, what a rivalry this is uh, between the two schools. They're not really uh, that far apart, really, as the crow flies, right? Yeah, roughly hour and a half, two hours, depending on traffic. But um, size-wise, it's been an interesting development between them. Two Division One schools that close to each other, way down here on the Texas border. Uh, and it seems like, especially on the women's side, when you charge UV and Texas A&M Corpus Christi get together, you are in for a fight. Lots of single-digit games between those two. And two coaching staffs, I think, would do a really good job of playing with what they have and not trying to play a style of system different than what they do. And that can be the difficult part. You get into those rivalry games and you try to get tricky and you try to get cute and you try to do things to throw the opponent off. But these are two coaching staffs that know what they are, know what they have, and they just buckle down and get into some really exciting fights. Now, how anxious are you to get back on the call? Oh, I can't wait. Jonah and I were talking a couple of days ago. I think we're approaching eight months now since we were on a broadcast, which is a lifetime <laughs> in college athletics. And it'll be a lot of fun. In fact, we were discussing the fact that the last time we were together was on the WAC Digital Network here at home right before the black tournament started. So it's a great opportunity to see some old friends, get everybody together. I don't think I've seen most of my uh, athletics friends and pals in close to that eight month period. So good chance to put eyes on each other and get back into some normal things. Yeah, Brian, I, I think the last time you guys were on, it was the, uh, the California Baptist game, uh, which I think went to overtime, buzzer beater type game, and UTRGV clinched the second seed. In the WAC tournaments, there was a lot to be excited about. Uh, of course, you know, uh, the pandemic happens uh, not too long after that. So it's, uh, it's been, a, you know, a long eight, nine months for everybody. But uh, as far as uh, UTRGV goes, the, the men, uh, you know, they lose uh, Leslie Varner. They lose Jordan Jackson. Uh, but again, watching them against UTSA, you mentioned uh, Sean Ray stepped up. And is there a potential we could see some other folks uh, maybe we aren't thinking of, uh, obviously, Javon Levi is, is the go-to guy or the, the most uh, uh, sought-after guy on the team. But uh, 
anybody else that uh, might step up uh, that we're not thinking of right now? You know, I think if you pay close attention to what's going on with guard play, Quentin Johnson II has been spectacular. He's been consistent. And, and for you, Charlie, to be successful, you've got to have some good guard play. Javon Levi, you know what you're going to get from him. He's a defensive monster. To get another guard in there that can make some things happen, stretch the floor, uh, Chris Freeman has done a really good job, kind of that guard-forward combo at 6'6", of stretching the floor. And then a couple of new guys to really keep an eye on that jump out to me. If you look at Malik Lawrence-Anderson, he was playing some serious minutes early on. Uh, you know, the junior coming into UTRGV. Uh, the other junior, Laquan Butler, I think, has done a really nice job of getting some real serious minutes. And for UTRGV, I mean, you've got to go nine or ten deep to play that style of play because they're going to get up and down the floor. They're going to run. They're going to hustle. And guys can get tired out real quick. So having some newcomers be able to come in and put up 15, 20 minutes from day one is a huge development for UTRGV to keep those fresh legs on the floor and be able to attack where they want to. Eric mentions Leslie Varner Jr. and then Jordan Jackson. Have you heard any news on them if they're continuing play? I know they're both trying very, very hard. Varner, it looked like for a second he might get a look uh, to play in the NBA. A couple teams tried him out. Uh, that didn't necessarily work out. But, you know, he's got a, a style of play that's unique to him. He's long. He's quick. He's lanky. He can shoot the ball. And that was something that really stood out to me while he was here at New Charge. Be seeing his growth in freshman to senior year, his ability to really shoot the ball in a high rate was a lot of fun. And then Jordan Jackson will play somewhere. Because that guy just flat out flies. And there's nothing more exciting as an analyst, as a fan, than to watch somebody just flying up and down the floor. Thunderous dunks, high energy. I think it's just find the right place for both of them. They'll both land somewhere. I have absolutely no doubt about that. Once they do, look out because there'll be highlight reels coming off of both of them. And some news uh, last week coming out of Edinburgh at UTRGB, the men's soccer program hiring a new head coach, Brahim Hancock, is the uh, new head coach for the Vaqueros. And it, it's, it's tough to kind of wrap our brains around, Brian, because it's like we're, we're here in December and soccer season's coming up right. here in a month or two. So what, uh, what's the thinking or what, what's the feeling about uh, Coach Hancock coming into UTRGB? I think you can't be anything more than just absolutely excited. The pedigree that Coach Hancock is bringing is just spectacular. A member of the uh, 2000 National Championship team at UConn, multiple trips to the NCAA tournament. His time at Radford, his prior institution, he was a force to be reckoned with from day one, 15 wins in his opening season. And above all else, he's a goalkeeper by trade. That's what he was. Set um, some records, 15 shutouts his junior year as a goalkeeper, 29 in his career. And if there's anything that's fun to watch in a soccer match, it's really good defense and great goalkeeping. Your goalkeeper is kind of your, your head coach on the field. So being able to see someone that had that kind of success playing in goal at a D1 program, had success as an assistant, had success as a head coach, now coming over to UTRGV, like nothing but positives can come from it. And this is a UTRGV team that historically under uh, Paul Weiss, the prior head coach, was really good defensively. So there's a great core set of players that can defensively really lock you down, and you bring in a coach with that kind of mindset to fit that style of play. UTRGV could be a scary opponent for people early on. Brian, your Twitter handle is the vested one, like Eric mentioned earlier. How many vests can we find in your closet? Oh, I was just counting that a couple of days ago. I think I'm at 38 right now. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so so is, is this one, is this a special WAC podcast edition? It's kind of the WAC color, if I, you I will. Was, I was purposeful. Yeah, I got, I got a WAC color on, make sure I, 
I get the WAC podcast, the vest it needs. I've got some pretty crazy ones you may see this year. I've got a, a nice breast cancer awareness sweater vest that is of special importance. You guys will enjoy that. Can't so what do you get to wear at the, the Burdogden Arena on Wednesday? I am looking at maybe an orange. I've got a nice kind of bright HRV orange one that I picked up recently that I think will pop on camera. We'll see. And do the, uh, the players or coaches, do they notice if you wear a particular vest and they win, do they say you got to wear that, uh, you know, next time or for the rest of the year? I haven't heard that, but I should start pushing it. This is a thing. You take notes. <laughs> track of what vest. The funny thing, though, is that one of the assistant coaches on the men's side, Coach Stedman, Jay Stedman, has a lot of fun with the whole sweater vest thing. So he'll come in and give me a look, give me a wink, give me a point. He appreciates the vest. So if nothing else, I'll do it for Stedman. Well, you're also doing it for us here in Denver, too, because we love the vest as well. So thank you so much, Brian, though, for hopping on the podcast with us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. This is a lot of fun. All right. That is Brian Smith from UTRGV. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.